Luke chapter 14, page 1047. Jesus at a Pharisee's house. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling of his body. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. Then he asked them, if one of you has a child or an ox that falls into a well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And they had nothing to say. When he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them in this parable, when someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he will say to you, Friend, move up to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all the other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives, or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the word of the Lord. Father, we thank you for George uh, for so many times blessing us as he's spoken to us and he's allowed the scriptures uh, to impact on his life. So, Father, Lord, may you anoint him now and may words from you speak through him into our hearts and move us to live differently. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning. It's a, it's a real pleasure to be with you this morning. Please keep your Bibles open. We're going to be focusing particularly on Luke 14 from verses 12 to 14 this morning. And um, I'm going to tell you my, my main point already so that you won't forget it, hopefully. It's about hospitality. Hospitality. How are we hospitable people as Christians? How do we look different to the world around us? So I'm going to ask by, start by asking you a question, and I'm going to ask you to turn to your neighbor in a minute, which I know some people hate, but I'm going to do it anyway, so sorry about that, um, and share what's your favorite meal that you've ever had? What's your favorite meal that you've ever had? Maybe it was at a wedding, maybe it was a birthday party when I asked my wife, Anna, Anna, what's the fav favorite meal that we've had as a couple together? Uh, we looked back to our honeymoon eight years ago, 
And uh, for four months in the build-up to our honeymoon, I was working in the garden, and I was doing some gardening work and saving up this money just to go on the best honeymoon that could possibly afford to go on. And it was a great honeymoon. Four months of work for one week of holiday. Oh, I shouldn't call it a holiday. Honeymoon. She'd kill me if I said holiday. But it was fantastic. We went to Venice. And um, Venice is my favorite city in the whole world. And we got to Venice, and I said to Anna, let's just be, let's be quite, you know, let's hold back from spending too much money on the, on the evenings and going out for meals in the evening. And so we said, look, let's go to pizza places, let's go to some cafes, let's just, you know, try and take it easy. But for one night, for one night only, we are going to go to the best restaurant Venice has to offer. And I was quite confident about this. I didn't really, really realize at the time how much it was going to cost me. Um, but I asked, I asked the locals, I asked the people in the hotel that we were staying, I said, look, okay, tell me, what is the best restaurant that you can go to in Venice? The best restaurant. And they all came out with this one place. So I said, right, book a table for two at this restaurant. So we go, we dress ourselves up, we're looking our finest, 223, what were we, 20, 23 we were at the time, 223-year-olds out in Venice at this amazing restaurant. We sit down, and the waiter comes over and brings this menu before us. And as I looked at this menu, my heart sank. It, it sank because I saw the prices. It was extortionate. But I thought, no, I've said this. We're going to go to the best restaurant, have whatever you want. We're going to eat out, and we're going to have whatever we want. The starter was amazing. The main course, we both ordered fillet steak. And I'm sorry if you're a vegetarian. I love steak, particularly fillet steak. But this fillet steak, as the knife touched the meat, it sank straight through it. It was incredible. It was the best steak I've ever had in my life. That's my favorite meal. Why don't you just turn to your neighbor and share what's, what's the best meal that you've ever had? Okay, I'll uh, try and draw us back together if I can. I think often the best meals that we've had, and I shared a story of our honeymoon, but often they are in the company of people that we love. And whether that's a family member, whether that's a friend, a close friend, um, it's often we experience these great times when we're in the company of someone else, someone that we love, someone that we like spending time with. And the Bible speaks about food so many times, over a thousand times, the Bible talks about eating together. It talks about meals, hospitality, fellowship, about us coming together and about us sharing around a table. Over a thousand times, the Bible speaks of this. 180 times, the Bible uses the word feast. Feast, 180 times. The Bible has a lot to say about this stuff. And this is the biblical doctrine of hospitality. How are we as a people hospitable to those outside, welcoming the outsider in? Richard has already touched on that this morning. How do we welcome the outsider in? And some of us in this room have the gift of hospitality. I, I could be better at it, if I'm honest. Um, it's something that doesn't come naturally to me. I could be better at it. Some of us have that gift of hospitality. A few years ago, we lived in Cape Town in South Africa, and the couple that we lived with, uh, she was American, he was German, they had this gift of hospitality. And about two or three times a week, they would have different people over to their, their home, and they would share meals with them. They'd open their home to them, and they'd share their lives. And it was a great thing to see. This is something that I want to be better at. 
But some of us have this gift of hospitality. Jesus in Luke 14, verse 12 to 14 says, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back, and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. So I'm going to be looking at hospitality, four things in particular. The first is, what is hospitality? How does hospitality shape us? What are some of the obstacles to being hospitable people as Christians? What are the obstacles that we face? And then finally, what would our city look like if we were to put this into practice? What would the city of Winchester look like? How would it change if we as the church, if we as Christians, were to put hospitality into practice? to really do this. And I think it would be an incredible thing. So the first is, what is hospitality? I think often people misunderstand what hospitality is all about. Hospitality is not inviting your friends to come over for a meal on a regular occasion. It's not that. That's called fellowship. And fellowship is a great thing and continue to do that. I love having fellowship. It's a great thing. But that's not what hospitality is all about. The word in the Bible literally means to welcome the outsider. That's what hospitality means in the Bible, to welcome the outsider. It's, the, it's when, in addition to your friends, you invite people that you don't currently know, that you want to get to know and want to learn to love and want to welcome into your family to be a part of who you are as people. It's strategic, Hospitality is strategic. It's a political statement. It's a religious statement. It has so many nuances to it in the scriptures, and Jesus uses it very intentionally to talk about the coming of his kingdom. It's a symbol of embrace, of acceptance, of forgiveness, of friendship. And so when we see Jesus having meals with sinners and tax collectors, which he does on regular occasions, he goes to dine at Zacchaeus' house. This is a statement that Jesus is making in his context to say that I'm going to go to where people are. Incarnational ministry. To go to where the people are. To welcome those who are outside the religious circle. And the Pharisees, they hated this. You see, the Pharisees, they hated the fact that Jesus went to sinners and tax collectors' houses. But Jesus talks about this as being the coming of his kingdom. This is what the kingdom of God is all about. It's welcoming those outside the church, those who are without, those who don't have. And how many times do we see that Jesus goes up against the Pharisees, the religious ones, and yet he loves and he welcomes in those who are outside? It's not to say that he doesn't love the Pharisees, and it's not to say that the Pharisees were all bad. Many of them were very good. But the gospel is also for those who are outside the church. Today we live in cities, and cities often have high levels of isolation and chronic loneliness. Winchester is a city, it's a small city, but I've lived in London, I've lived in a few other cities around the world, and we do often find that they are quite lonely places, and we've lost the art of what true hospitality is all about. You see, we see entertainment, we see people having meals together, we see this stuff happening, but there's lack of relationship, and honestly, social media has not been very good for this. 
And this is particularly around the younger generation, but I'm sure some of us in this room do the same. How many of us have been out for dinner and we're attracted to looking at our phones or to being distracted by what's going on on the television? I know I myself do struggle with this at times. And even when we have dinner as a family, sometimes, and, and this is what I say now, is that, that we don't have the phone at the meal table, that we reserve that time for conversation, for catching up as a family, for being together. And in some ways, social media has made us, it's made us expand globally, and we're connected to so many different places all over the world. Just the touch of a button, we can get on the internet and we can look things up. Who, who reads an encyclopedia anymore? I know I don't but we've lost the art of what it means to have true relationship with each other. Our phones have made our communities smaller in many ways. What is hospitality? With practicing hospitality, you're opening yourself up to be vulnerable, to welcome strangers, to welcome outsiders, to welcome friends, to be a host, to provide for people, to be intentional about anticipating people's needs. Hospitality in its design is to love the stranger. The Greek word is to be a lover of strange things. And it's a forced opening of yourself and it welcomes people in. And, and this is a beautiful thing today because it's countercultural. We don't see true hospitality today very often. If we, the church, were to put this into practice, if we weren't just to invite our friends over for dinner, which is a great thing, then we would see transformation, transformation in our city. If we were to truly welcome the outsider in, it would be a beautiful, beautiful thing. How does hospitality shape us? I've spoken about this before. Um, seven years ago, I, I lived in Cape Town and was on a Bible study course. And a part of this course, it was a course with an organization called YWAM, which stands for Youth with a Mission. I was 23 at the time, and it was a great course. I studied the Bible for nine months intensively and went through the Bible about eight times in nine months, six days a week. Fantastic course, learning to study the Bible, to study the Word of God. And whilst on this course, there were people from all over the world, Africa, Asia, all over the world. And... Um, when you have people from all over the world, you have lots of different personalities, lots of different opinions, lots of different cultures, lots of different understandings of how the world works. And that's a great thing, but also it can present some challenges. And uh, there was one guy in particular that I found particularly challenging. And uh, just stuff that he said, stuff that he did, really rubbed me up the wrong way. And I'm sure no one else in this room has people like that in their lives. Uh, maybe it's just me. But... It, someone that just really got me going, really did not like this person. There's not many people like that, but this guy really did. And I had a mentor, an American chap, who, who was very good at asking me tough questions. And he'd say, George, what's going on? Tell me what's happening. He didn't shy away from asking me these tough questions. And he asked me once to share all my feelings and thoughts about this chap on this course. And I was reluctant to do it, but I did it. And I spoke out exactly what I thought about this guy. And it was not very nice stuff, if I'm honest. I'm, not, I'm ashamed of some of the things that I thought about this person. And then he said to me, after I'd explained all of this stuff, he said, I want you to take this guy out for breakfast. And I want you to get to know him. 
and I want you to ask him his story. And I said, no, 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 I'm not doing that. I can't possibly do that. It would be too annoying. But I did it because he pressed me and he kept on. I invited this guy out for breakfast and I simply asked him, tell me your story. Tell me your, your journey to faith. Tell me how you became a Christian. Tell me about your family. And I just listened. I sat and listened to this guy telling me all this stuff. And it was amazing. You see, I learned to love this guy because I actually made the time reluctantly to take him out for breakfast and get to know what he was really like. How many of us look at other people, maybe these are people outside of our current friendship groups, and we say, oh no, they're too annoying, I couldn't possibly hang out with those people, without really knowing what they're truly like, without really getting to know that person. You see, we have quite strong opinions. How much do we truly welcome those who are outside of our lives at the moment? You see, when I did this, it transformed my heart. And isn't that what Jesus is all about? About a heart transformation. You know, we can be transformed in our minds, which is great as well, but having a heart transformation. When I did this, my heart was transformed. And if there's someone in your life currently that that you struggle with, I challenge you now. Take them out for breakfast. Take them out for coffee. Take them out for dinner. Welcome those people into your lives. I just remember a story. When I was, when I was a child, there was, um, we were playing. And I can remember this. It was so long ago, but I can remember this story. And we were playing in this play area. And these children were really, they were bullying me and my sister. And um, I was annoyed about it and a bit upset. And I went back to speak to my dad. And I said, look, this is what's happening. My dad, actually was quite wise in that moment, and said, look, I want you to go back and be as nice as you possibly can to these other children. And I went back into this play area, and we were just so nice to these other children. They didn't know what to do. Disarm them. They didn't know what to do. And they couldn't help but being nice back to us. And we became friends. I just remember that story because so often people that aren't very nice to us, we're not very nice back to them. If we were to turn that round and truly show the love of Christ through us, it would be a trans- transformational thing. Who in your life at the moment do you need to do this with? Maybe you need to put some slots in your diary and say, actually, I'm going to reserve this amount of time to get to know people who are outside of my friendship group, people who are outside of the church. I know this is something that I need to be better at myself. Maybe that's a challenge to us this morning. What are some obstacles to hospitality? I think the main thing is busyness. We are a busy people. We've got so many different things, and that's, even if we're retired, we're still busy. We, we cram our lives. We want to be high achievers. We put things in our lives that are going to keep us on the move, on the go. How much do we actually take time carve time out of our busy schedules to make this a priority. Because Jesus would have done. When you idolize community to be a people that are are like you, you actually miss the real gift of fellowship. Fellowship in the text is koinonia, which in the Greek word is really spirit-filled community on a mission. 
And that comes when you choose to lay down your life to serve your brother or sister. And if you're longing for community, we all long for community. Go outside and serve other people and we'll see true community take place. The first is busyness. How busy are we currently? The second is space. Churches are very good at this. We say, oh, if only we had more space, then we could do this. If only we had a bigger building, then we could have more children in the youth group. If only we had a bigger car park, then we could facilitate more people. We talk about this all the time at Christchurch. Space is an excuse. Start somewhere. Start with what you have already. If your house isn't very big, that's fine. We can have true community just around a small dining table. If your house is not the right place, take someone out for a meal. Go to a coffee shop. Go to a restaurant. It's formed around a table. And that can be found anywhere. And I think the third thing would be what hinders us from doing this. An obstacle that gets in the way is my house isn't tidy enough. How many of us have thought that? I know I've thought that. I want to be the one to say, please don't let that be an obstacle. We're so good in England that uh, you know, the actual phrase, our house is our castle. That's not a good phrase. When we lived in South Africa again, they do community so well because they just invite people around whatever their house looks like. And it's transformational. Please don't let your house being a bit untidy hinder you from practicing true hospitality. When we do this, when we open up our homes, we see something incredible take place. Finally, if we were to put this into practice, what would the impact be on our city? You know, I was thinking the other day, we, we pray for revival in this country. We pray for revival in Winchester, and we want people to come to faith. And I was thinking, what would happen if all of Winchester came to Jesus? What would happen if everyone in Winchester became Christians? It would be an amazing thing, but we wouldn't have enough space, would we? There wouldn't be enough space in our churches how many people can we hold in this church? 350, 400 people. We'd have to have a service every hour. But how many thousands of people live in this city? If all of Winchester were to come to Christ, then we'd have to meet in homes. We'd have to put this into practice because there'd be no other way of doing it. This is the early church. This is how the early church met. They met in homes. They met around meals. This is how the early church spread. We can do this. We can put this into practice. If we have people into our homes. Church would be redefined from these institutional buildings to it's actually happening all the time, everywhere. And I love the church, and I love inviting people to come to the church. But actually, we also need to be going to where the people are. Incarnational ministry. What did Jesus do? He went to where the people are. Part of my job, a frustration of my job, is the fact that I, I wear a dog collar and I'm in the church a lot of the time. 
And I think so much can be said about us going outside of these walls to the city, to where people are, to the gyms, to the coffee houses, to the restaurants. Where do people hang out? And so often we say, come to the church, come to the church on Sunday. I think long are the days when we are going to get people inside this building. They've gone. Maybe 50 years ago, but we need to move with the times. We need to go where the people are. And if we were to put this into practice, we would see our city changed for Christ. Welcoming the outsider to come in. I'd like to say as well that Jesus didn't just love people to make them Christians. I think we think so much that our task is, is to make someone a Christian. You know, Jesus didn't just do this to make people Christians. He did this because he loved them. Full stop. He spent time with people because he loved them. How much do we truly love people? Do we love people like Jesus loved people? That's a real challenge. I was encouraged when I heard a few weeks ago that after the last Alpha course that we had, and it was a really successful Alpha course, um, we had about 86 people come into this building, which was amazing, and lives transformed. Jesus transformed many different lives. But after that course, um, a couple who were table leaders decided that they were going to run an Alpha course in their home. And um, they've been getting between seven and ten students coming to their home every week for this Alpha course. And that really inspired me, because I thought, we could all be doing that. This is something that we could all do. We could all invite people over to have people coming and, and listening to the Word of God in our homes. And this is something that in a few weeks we're going to try and launch as a church. This term we've not uh, managed to get Alpha going in the church, which is okay, I think. But instead, we can encourage people to, to lead an Alpha course in their home. Maybe that's something that you've wanted to do for a while and you just haven't had the resources to do it. We can provide the resources for you to do that. To really put this into practice. The art of true hospitality. So I'd like, in response, you to think for yourself, and just to take a few moments to think for yourself, okay, what am I doing about this? Do I just invite my friends to come over? And, you know, that's a nice thing to do. But could I be better at being more hospitable to those outside my current friendship groups? Just take a moment to pause and to think about that for yourself. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help us in this. And Lord, we live busy lives. We live lives that are often quite focused on us. God, would you help us to be more focused on people outside? Help us to be a people that open our homes, that open our wallets, that open our lives to those who are outside.
And that might be costly. Lord, but I pray for that heart transformation for all of us here in this room. That you would transform us. That you would help us. And I pray for anyone here today that feels like an outsider. That feels like they don't fit in. I pray, Lord, for people to come around those and to welcome them. And Lord, help us to remember that this is all about you. This is all about you, Lord Jesus. In your name. Amen.